step on your toes or anything, but you might want to try cutting those a little bit thinner just because the cucumber sandwiches are kind of delicate. Really? So I just lose a lot of man points for that. You know, I'm trying not to keep count, but yeah, yeah, you did. Did I tell you that I, I'm in a band, though? See, there's like 40,000 man points, see? So you're see? in the black. <laughs> did I tell you I got my SAT scores back? No. Are you going to let me see them? <clears throat> Well, you went up. Yeah. You went up like 100 points. That's awesome. Yeah. I need to go up like 200. Make up for freshman and sophomore year. That's fine. Well, this is, this is still really good. Mm. Can I say something? Mm. Most, most girls that look like you do, things are easy. They can just coast by on their good looks for the rest of their lives and not really have to, not really have to worry. I mean, I, I know that sounds stupid, but I'm I'm proud of how hard you've been working for this. It, I mean, it, it says something. I, I just, I think good things are gonna happen. You just gotta keep going. Thank you. Still think I'm good looking though, right? You're still, you've still, you're, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you're still okay. Okay, thanks. All right, so we have this really, really great scene here with Landry and Tyra. Um, I love this scene. Uh, Sarah, I don't know about you, but this is a, a fantastic moment between these two characters. I think there's a lot to be said for the things that Landry has to tell her, you know, that, that he is proud of her for how hard she has worked you know, just even just go up a hundred points is a big deal. So, yeah. you know, he, he lets her know that all that hard work isn't going unnoticed to him at least. So what did you think of this scene? Yeah. I love Landry's like his reaction and his support for her. Like they had a big spiff and uh, what have you last episode. And he finally got out what he had to say and, things feel a little more even between them at the moment and it's nice that he doesn't hold any hard feelings anything like that and can actually like put that all aside and be very supportive of her and you know, encouraging of her because like i'm surprised she went up 100 points just because <laughs> she went off to dallas and just kind of blew off all her work and that surprises me so yeah that's good on her but I do think there should be like a little recognition for like, yeah, you went up a hundred points because I helped you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I what what do you think about well, here's two questions for you regarding this scene. Do you think that they kind of brushed over or brushed past last week's events a little too quickly here? 
It doesn't there seem like there's no real melding of the mm. emotions. Well, yeah, there's no there's no residual effects from all of what happened, and you know, yeah, he finally stood up to her and told her what he thought, and you know, and how she looked at him and treated him, um, and took advantage of him because, you know, she knows how he feels about her, and that's great, and. You know, it's also nice that she went and got you know them a gig, but that doesn't mean that it just all is like good. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like there needs to be, there should be a little more discussion about it, but I can just kind of get over it, just because I understand this show. It's got like two episodes left, I think, and if it's not that important i understand that we're not going to dwell upon it yeah right uh another question for you is um you know she did miss a lot of time you know it wasn't just it wasn't just the dallas trip it was you know she's done this on more than one occasion so i think she's done this twice now where she's lost confidence lost faith in herself and you know skipped town went away for a while came back had to play catch up you know, so while he's telling her that he's proud that she's managed to, to do as well as she has, I feel like there's, there should be a, you know, a caveat there with how she's really screwed herself over. You know, had she not, never missed any time, had she not gone off with the cash, for instance, maybe she would have been up 200 points instead of 100 points, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, if you hadn't kind of just frittered away your education for some guy yeah you might be at that 200 points right uh so anyway this is like the big big scene between these two um in this week's episode so i guess it's a good moment for them but it's kind of like this moment that is great and i and i really enjoy it but obviously there's a lot more to their storyline this week because Tyra has to plan Mindy's <laughs> party. Tea right? party. Because that's uh, so Mindy. Yeah, this is definitely not her thing. I, I, I'm surprised that she would even ask for this. And you can tell for that everyone else is surprised. bridal shower. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's it, not Mindy. This is the, well, let's just say it's probably the classiest moment she'll ever have (laughs) (laughs) right and it doesn't even like she got like seven types of teas and all those girls were just putting like liquor into those cups anyways it's the trashiest tea party ever but it's still the classiest thing mindy's ever done (laughs) yeah that's a great way to put it (laughs) uh always trashy sometimes maybe never classy (laughs) right so uh you know, what happens in this storyline? Why don't you take it away? What happens uh, between Landry and Tyra in this whole party thing? So Tyra's out getting seven types of teas and all this food for, you know, her sister's bridal shower. And, of course, she runs into Landry and hooks him in to help because you know, it's Landry. He'll always say yes. Like, even after last week, he's still like, yeah, I'll help you. But I do like that there's kind of a moment where he just kind of gives her a look and then she says, like, please or something like that. And then he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> just gives in. But it's it's really nice seeing them work together, too. Um, 
like setting things up and I don't know, just like the conversations they have. It kind of it finally feels like what they were post being together, that really nice stage of friendship where it was like, are they, aren't they kind of romantic but not romantic friendship. And I like that they've kind of come full circle all the way back to that and they can kind of have like a new beginning and that's totally fine by me. Yeah, I mean, I I like that they're at a place where there's really no pressure at the moment when it comes to any kind of relationship, any kind of romantic relationship. Now, if we look at the end of last week's episode, it, it definitely appeared like Tyra was, you know, looking at... You know, Landry up on that stage with the guitar and singing like she was giving him the the look um, yeah. in that moment. So we know that there's supposed to be something there. Otherwise, they never would have put that in there. You know, she if if there was no possibility of a romantic future between these two, the end of last week's episode would have been more like just her being happy and clapping for him. That's it. Like not they gazing have... adoringly up at him. Right. They wouldn't have added that in because there, there would have been no purpose. They could have continued this kind of friendship, you know, and left it at that, which would have been fine. But having that at the end of last week's episode changes everything. But at least in this week's episode, I'm glad that they have restraint here. They didn't feel the need to try to push that forward narratively. You know, let's, oh, let's, let's now make uh, Tyra like, macking on Landry or something, you know? Yeah, um, that wouldn't have been good. No. It, it would have felt weird and just not right. And I think it's better that they do just approach this this uh, relationship as these two kind of getting back on equal terms uh, or maybe on equal terms for the first time um, and just let them be friends and then let the relationship progress. Yeah. Yeah, it's much nicer to let it just kind of happen on its own and be natural and not be forced so we can all enjoy, like, the relationship we've all wanted since the ending of, like, the first season. (laughs) We've all wanted something good to come out of these two that doesn't involve murder and rape and (laughs) all kinds of ugliness. Like, just let them be and just have, like, a natural relationship. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, let these two be normal for once. Let there not be some, you know, disaster, some massive disaster that's keeping them either together, uh, but kind of suffocating under the weight of a storyline. Um, just let them be together and see what happens and, and let the drama be gone, <laughs> you know? Let, it's let, hard let... to, like, look at it now and see, like, hmm, we look at Landry now and we just kind of forget that he murdered somebody, you know? Like... It feels like that never happened. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure the writers wish that that never happened either. So True that. You know, I think that they're just saying, look, we know it was a mistake. We're just going to do our best to just imagine it never happened, ever. And never bring it up ever again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot more in this episode. Uh, so we have some stuff going on, for instance, with Matt. Right. Um, Actually, Matt and his grandmother and his, you know, Matt's mom. So. um, Grandma Saracen. So Grandma Saracen. Right. Um, We know, obviously, Grandma Saracen, as the years go by, her condition, it worsens. It has to. And and so good thing that, that Matt's mom is there to help out because Matt needs the help. 
but even with yeah. her help, that doesn't mean that you know nothing bad can happen to Grandma. So the way this plays out is uh, she has to go to, I believe, an appointment, and um, or no, no, or is it the store? Actually, now that I think about it, I think it's an appointment. I think it was an appointment. Anyway, so they, they're in the car. Uh, Matt tells them goodbye, goes inside. And as they're starting to pull out of the driveway, Grandma, Terrison, uh, realizes that she's forgotten her purse. Now, instead of saying, oh, I forgot my purse, waiting you know, until the, the car stops, of course, she just grabs hold of the door, opens up, and she just falls out onto the ground and, yeah. you know, smacks her face and... She's you know, crying. She, yeah, and she's saying I'm sorry. And it, it's like heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, and she's crying. And of course, you know, Matt rushes out of the house. Matt's mom rushes over to make sure she's okay. Uh, but that's kind of like the first sign that look, things are not getting better; they're getting worse. So they go to the hospital, and the doctor, who I believe at the beginning of the season, told Matt that look, your grandmother's getting worse. We need to really think about getting her into a home or something, um, which was kind, I believe, I believe kind of the point, which is why he, I think Matt went to get um, his mom's signature to emancipate right. himself so that he could, well, it was because he could get the, the medicine for her. Yeah, so he could and, take care of her himself, mm -hmm. but he's supposed to be looking for a home her or a more stable environment correct correct so um they're at the hospital the doctor's telling them this like look this has progressed to a point where even when we're all trying to do our best and, and pay attention it's just it's not enough you need to really think about finding her a place that she can stay where she can be safe matt of course immediately gets defensive he doesn't want to have anything to do with this. His mom tries to be you know, she's gentle. She's trying to explain to Matt, like, look, even if I'm careful, even if we're both careful, look what happened today. And, you know, we were careful. And and so Matt, of course, uh, says, look, you know, if, if he interprets this as, you know, she just wants to bolt. Uh, it's a knee-jerk reaction from Matt. It's not something that we see all that often, but it happens on occasion. It's usually when he's extremely stressed, when he's under a ton of pressure. Uh, and so, of course, this qualifies as one of those moments. And so he's yeah. just kind of lashes out and he says, hey, look, if you want to bolt, if you want to leave, just go. I'll be fine without you. And then yeah, he kind of... Yeah, it's something we really see from Matt very much, uh, having high emotions. But yeah, just like the stress, it's got to be getting to him because he's just... Like, inches away from cracking. Right. Exactly. So, uh, kind of ends that scene. And, and the, the next scene that we see between uh, Matt and his grandma, it's a scene that has a lot of power. And the purpose of this scene is to illustrate to Matt exactly what the doctor's been trying to tell him. And what his mom's trying to tell him, which is... You can't do this by yourself. It, it's just too hard. So the way the scene plays out is that um, Grandma's sitting on the chair. Matt's at the table. He's doing homework. And she says, I need my slippers. And of course, her slippers are on her feet. So Matt kind of smiles and says, you know, throw on your feet, Grandma. And, you know, she says it again. 
And now he's looking a little concerned. And then she says it again, and then she starts screaming it. And so he runs over, and she gets up, and she's crying. She's calling for her husband, and, and Matt is, you can tell, he's flummoxed. He doesn't know what to do. And yeah, so, it's escalated to yeah, a point it, where he can't really control what, what's going on with her. Correct. And so she sits down, and so he takes the slippers off of her feet and hands them to her. And there's this like combination of relief in her voice, like, oh, my slippers, thank you. Plus, I think a deeper realization, she knows on a, maybe a very like a subconscious level what's going on with her, and I think she, she hates it. Um, that's my interpretation. I could be wrong, but... I kind of feel like there's a certain part of Grandma Saracen, she knows, I mean, she knows she takes medication, and she knows what the medication's for. So in some sense, she understands, I think, a little bit as to what's going on, at least enough that it it, it hurts to see her cry. But, yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely two planes of understanding, and that's the one where, yeah, she is deteriorating, and it's it's hard for her to get out of these moments is is taking over and then there's this deep subconscious level where she understands that she's having an episode but she can't control it and and now it's getting out of control and even for matt like usually matt can you know usually in that kind of situation he would say they're on your feet grandma and she'd be like oh okay and just go on watching her shows and that would be that but now it's just too much like when she got those slippers it was like she found her child that had been missing you know uh it's really hard to watch that and her acting oh my god like she deserves an emmy for that performance because man that just she performed that so darn well like you would never think that she's acting it was so great Oh, definitely. Yeah, she's uh, such like an underrated actress uh, in this role. She does an amazing job here, um, not just in this episode, but in general. Like her, they're nervous. There's never a false note from her character, in in terms of her acting. You know, like everything that you see from her, whether she has a you know a lot of scenes in an episode or just maybe one small brief moment in an episode, it all rings true. You know, um, it feels very authentic and natural. Yeah. She's not always, she's not in Friday Night Lights very often, but when she is, it's always stellar. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So let's move on here. Um, so we have some more, uh, storylines to talk about. The next one up is, um, uh, Lila, uh, Lila and Tim. Right. So, <laughs> Lila is hanging out with the Riggins and not Tim Riggins. She's getting along with the other Riggins. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she is. So, so what do we have going on here, Sarah? What's What's wrong with with Lila? It seems like she's getting drunk a lot and. Blowing stuff off and playing video games with Mindy and Billy, which is just like she and Mindy, like it's such a love hate thing. Like, I feel like when, uh, when Lila is having moments of weakness, that's when she can relate to Mindy. <laughs> and then there's this great friendship kind of connection between the two of them. 
But yeah, but Lila is just, she's slipping off the grid. Um, she doesn't really think she has a future, so why participate or do anything towards it? And she kind of figures that it's all kind of gone down the drain for her, her dreams and everything. And so she's just kind of in this state of depression. And it's great because we've seen Lila pick Tim up more than once. And now this is the first time we get to see him do that for her. And that's so great to watch. Like, he has matured into such a good guy. Like, in a really smart, caring boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So, um, in this storyline this week, we have Lila just kind of blowing things off. And I don't care. And the world's ending. You know, kind of (laughs) pity party attitude, which we don't tend to get all that much from her. Uh, and, and so she, she's not talking to her dad, of course, because, you know, if you don't remember, uh, her father used the money that she had saved up, but they had saved up for college to invest in, uh, some kind of, I think a mall or strip something mall, yeah. and strip mall and it, it fell through or the guy who was the primary investor stole it, whatever, you know, it all comes to the same thing, which is that the money's not there. So a lot of them got pissed and and left, and so now they're they're not talking. So Buddy picks Tim up, and they go for a little car ride. And Real creepy car ride. It's a creepy car ride, but he asks for Tim's opinion, um, which up to this point, I don't know that we've ever actually seen Buddy legitimately ask Tim, what should I do? And Tim is straight up honest here. He says, look you got to give her some space. you got to give her some more time. Um, that's all I can tell you. You know, give her some more space, some more time, see what happens. And yeah, to be yeah. fair... I was surprised by that. Yeah. Like, I, I was expecting Buddy to just be um, saying these kind of things just to get some information from Tim, but to actually take his words to heart. Like, that was nice to see from Buddy, that he's not just being skeevy and trying to manipulate his daughter. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, but true, uh, true to his, um, the the advice that's given here, uh, buddy takes it and, uh, you know, he doesn't try to pursue Lila, but they do end up, end up running into each other because Lila goes over to the apartment, her father's apartment, probably to check up on, on things, get the mail. Um, while she's there, she's opening up some letters Turns out to be acceptance letters from colleges. Um, and so Buddy comes through the door. They have a little bit of a, a tiff. Uh, you know, Lila says, hey, congratulate, you know, congratulate me. I just got into this school, not that I can afford it. And she kind of blows by him and, and just walks out. Yeah. And Tim um, tries to take her to a church, right? Yeah, that was... That was an interesting move on his part. Like, I never would have thought that he would actually, you know, they'd bring back that kind of religious part of her. But Tim's the one that brings her there and tries to remind her of, you know, her this is her family church. And um, while it ultimately leads to uh, Lila just being very upset by it and really regretting the decision to not go with her family and having stayed behind with her father... It leads to a great moment where Tim tells her that you know, he is her family and she mm-hmm. is family to him. And that's such a beautiful scene. 
Yeah, it is great, you know, because she is questioning why she stuck around. Now, she stuck around for her father, but she also stuck around for Tim, uh, if we're honest here. And so (laughs) it wasn't just her father. There was another reason. Um, But, yeah, she's she's legitimately questioning because had she gone with her, her family, at least in terms of her education, she would be off to whatever college she wanted to go to. Certainly, her mother probably wouldn't have taken her college money to invest in something or to buy something she wanted, you know, which I think is what makes Tyra, or not Tyra, Lila so mad <laughs> is because, you know, she she knows that her father did something so terrible and, and to a certain extent kind of I won't say ruined her future, but certainly set her back significantly. Um, yes. And yeah. it makes me wonder, too, like, it's not like she abandoned her relationship with her mother. She just chose to stay in Dylan. Uh, why isn't her mother and her stepfather maybe stepping up the pitch in? Like, she shouldn't have to rely on just Buddy. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, there could be some hard feelings there. Um, it's, it's possible. Um, they, they may not be exploring this cause they, they probably just don't have time to explore it either. Yeah. If we're looking at true. why. Uh, so then we get, um, we get this great scene, uh, towards the end of the episode between Tim and, and Lila, where he basically sits her down and, and has the most heartfelt, honest discussion, uh, I've ever seen him give anybody, and I labeled the clip uh, Tim Riggins' best boyfriend ever, uh, just to give you an idea what this clip is. Uh, so here it is. You know what that was? That was a game for the ages. What a game. No, why don't you go out? You guys are going to state. There's probably yeah. tons of parties tonight. Because the real parties are when we win state. That's when the real parties are. And then there's one little thing, too. I think I'm okay. Oh, hanging with my gal. Especially after a night like tonight. You're not having much fun here, are you? Yeah. Why? Well, maybe I'm just stating the obvious, but it just seems you've been pretty down around here. <laughs> I mean, what what did I expect to just move in here and you're going to solve all my problems? Okay, you know what? I'm not here to solve all your problems, Garrity. I'm not. I'm here to support you no matter what choice you make. That's why I'm here. I'm your boyfriend. I think I'm a pretty darn good one. You know what? Your dad threw you a good curveball. But this self-pity that I've been seeing, it's got to stop. You're better than that. Okay? And you can still get into any college you want, any one you want, still. How am I going to afford it? If you can't afford it, there's scholarships to be had. I mean, your grades speak for themselves. And you know what? If it doesn't, but San Antonio State and I would love to have you. Did I just say I loved you? Did I? No? Because I'm kind of madly in love with you. And I'll be here no matter what. All right, Sarah, what were your thoughts on this clip? Because it, it was really uh, an exceptional. This is like an Emmy moment kind of clip for uh, 
for the actor because it just is done so well here. And the scene, the dialogue, everything just works perfectly. Yeah, it's fantastic acting, but amazing writing. Uh, the line there, he tells her, like, just he's also, like, just kind of being reality for a moment, saying that, like, I'm your boyfriend, I'm not here to make things, everything better, but I'm here to support you in anything you do. And that's what I'm going to do, no matter what you choose. Uh, this isn't kind of the end of the world. You need to stop pitting yourself conversation and just uplifting her to remind her that you know, all doors are not closed. She still has a future. And if all else fails, she can still just go with him to college uh, with him. Cause I'm sure like they want Tim Riggins. They're not going to deny his, uh, his girlfriend by any means, especially a girlfriend who's gotten into Vanderbilt. <laughs> Right. She's not going to have any problem getting into any college she wants for the most part, and certainly not San Antonio State. So, yeah. Uh, but this is a great scene, and I love it. I love it for... This is like the culmination of Tim Riggins, uh, to a certain extent. Um, at least, well, at least in one facet. This is a much a more mature Tim Riggins. This is somebody who is looking at someone he cares about and sees that they're in pain, but also knows that there is a certain level of responsibility they have to hold themselves to. And he tries to explain to her, and I like what he says in the clip, like, your life isn't over. You know, if, if, you, if you don't have the money, you've got grants. You know, and hey, look, <laughs> there are loans out there, by the way, and nobody likes yeah. to take them out. You know, like the but, rest of us have to do. <laughs> exactly. So it may not be the ideal thing. You may not want to do it. But look, it's not like you can't go to college. It's just, you know, in this moment. You have to pay for it. it. Yeah. In this moment, life kind of dealt you a crappy hand. And you just got to roll with it and keep going. And you'll be stronger for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that conversation. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on here. So we have uh, some stuff going on between between Coach and Tammy, uh, specifically what's going on in this episode. Um, they don't feature like super heavy for the most part. It, it's there's a lot more important storylines that are covered in this episode. So they're kind of pushed a bit to the background, but they do have some stuff going on because redistricting doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> No, they want to reopen uh, a school. I guess that's on the east or the west side of Dillon and uh, east. East, okay. They want to reopen uh, East School for Dillon, and that would split the Panthers in half. And one half of that team would go to that school, and the other half would go to their current school, just depending on where they lived. And that would be the end of their kind of amazing team. Uh, so it's a big conversation. Uh, like on one hand, you want to have like you know better schooling and more options for the kids, which is should be most important. But the, with this town, what the real importance is is what's going to happen to the Panthers. And so we get a lot of hands in this redistricting map. <laughs> the boosters, Buddy, everyone is got their hands in this and meddling with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, everyone's got things to lose here. Everything, everyone's got, um, opportunities, you know, to, to take this problem and turn it into, 
uh, an opportunity for themselves. And so by trying to keep all of the football players here, uh, you want to keep the state possible state championship winning team or at least state uh, championship contending team uh, around and, and together and intact because doing so will ensure you know the longevity of the winning ways of the Dillon Panthers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, of course, uh, JD's dad is knee-deep in all of these conversations, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's oh, like, he's sitting at the bag. table, and he's just lording over everybody. Did you notice that in that one scene when they're, like, got the map he's out? He's at the table. And, uh, he's, like, he's, like, commanding the whole thing or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just a gross person. <laughs> I hate him so much. He's the entire tool bag. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we have uh, Eric dealing with with, uh, JD, right? Because JD's kind of, you know, half-assing it in practice a bit. Um, He's not really getting... his girlfriend. Yeah, running over to the... Uh, to the edge of the field because his girlfriend's there and kind of kissing her and, you know, all those things that I, I can understand. But I also understand Eric's point of view, which is, hey, look, you know, we got a job to do. This is like the most important part of the season. You kind of get get your yeah. head back in the game. And when um, you're like on his field, it's his time. So you keep that for after practice. Yes. Yes. So uh, it turns out that, um, you know, his dad is not happy, of course. Is he ever happy? I don't think so. Um, I've never seen that man happy. <laughs> right. And and so he doesn't like the relationship because of what it represents, which is the lack of control he has in his son's life. Uh, his He told his son to kind of lay off of Madison um, till the season's over. He has decided not to do it. So that's like another thing that's causing like tension in in the household. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, he's kind of not listening to his dad. You know, it's not, I think intentional. It's just like, okay, I've got a girlfriend. So like on the way to, oh yeah, on the way to the game, I'm talking to my girlfriend, I'm texting her or whatever. Um, so on top of that, um, he called Madison's dad and essentially was, was chewing her out to her father like it was Basically like calling her a harlot to her own father right like what <laughs> dick. like it's such a good thing that her parents are chill and not psychopaths like these guys like i guess not like these guys but like him right the wife's okay he's another butter <laughs> right so yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal though you know um because yeah, like, that's who does that yeah, that's the last thing you want is to have to to deal with a man like this. Yeah, ever but, like not just be your father, but in any kind of circumstances, ever. Exactly, right. So, uh, so anyway, this tension kind of increases as the episode goes along. It starts out kind of simmering, and then as scene by scene, especially with his parents, you can see his dad, like, it's just the blood pressure is constantly going up at a slow yet steady pace. The Uh, veins are pulsing in his neck. (laughs) Right. Like, he's about to hulk out. Yep. So, uh, on the way to the game, it's it's raining out, so, you know, football, when it's raining, when there's bad inclement inclement weather, you kind of get conservative with your game plan. 
because if you start throwing the ball around a lot, the ball could easily slip out of your hand. It's raining, it's wet, you know, you can easily make mistakes. So a lot of times what you do is you just run the ball a lot. You kind of play the long game, which in football is a field position. So maybe you don't do very much, but then you just punt the ball to the other end of the field, see if you can keep the other team from getting very far. And hopefully one of these times somebody will make a mistake, which will lead to a touchdown. It's not the most exciting game to watch when things get like that, but at the same time, a win is a win. Uh, and this is what he's telling his son. So he's telling JD, look, weather's bad. Don't throw the ball. Just run the ball all the time. That's all you need to do. However, in the game, Eric is telling him differently. He's telling him to throw the ball. He's telling him to take chances. And, you know, JD's doing that. Now, he's making some good throws, but he's also throwing some interceptions, which, of course, his father is just going crazy in the stands when he sees these interceptions. Yeah, making a scene in a crowd of cheering and, like, excited people. To be standing out when people are, like, excited and jumping up and down around you, that's making a scene for sure. Right. Now, you know, he's following Eric's orders. This is the coach. I'm doing what the coach is telling me. But his dad, of course, isn't thinking that. His dad's thinking, you're not listening to what I'm telling you to do. Uh, yeah. Again, we're talking about the lack of control. Um, this, this control, which he had an ironclad control over his son uh, in the early in the season, is now slipping away. And he doesn't like that. So we get to the end of the game. Um, the The Panthers win on on kind of a, a lucky play. Um, they just just skate by the t- the other team and get into the uh, further into the playoffs. So a win is a win. And so after the game, they're driving to the restaurant, and uh, JD is talking to Madison, and his dad tells him to get off the phone, and then he says it louder, and then he just literally screams it. Yeah, to the point where, like, his wife is stunned and doesn't really know what to do. Like, she's like, calm down. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, never, I don't think she's actually seen him get probably to this level, like, at that moment before, like, just screaming at his son. Like, I don't think she's ever seen that side of him yet. No, I don't think so. I don't don't think JD's ever seen this either. This is, this is new. So they get to the the restaurant. uh, They're out, get out of the vehicle. It's raining. Um, getting ready to go inside. That's when um, his dad pulls him aside and says, JD, I want to talk to you. And we get uh, this scene. Big Texas storm. You did a great job, honey. I'm proud of you. Thanks. You can have fun, right? JD, hold up a sec. I want to talk to you, son. Will you just give us a second here? Why? Why? That was a pathetic display you put on this evening. Pathetic display? I got us to state, didn't I? Boy, you got lucky. Okay, we talked about strategy. We talked about running the football tonight. I know. And what are you doing? Pass, interception, Joe, pass, Joe, interception. Let's go calm Honey, down. Stop it. Stop let's it. Go like you never played the game in your Joe. life. Why don't you go call Madison's parents? Talk to them about it. Boy, I will call them every Good. day of the week Good. until that you know, tramp stops crap. coming around our house. You understand me, boy? You know what? I don't care what you do, Dad. All right? Screw you. Wait, wait, wait. wait. you don't talk to me like that. Hey, honey. <sighs> Look. Is that? Oh, Stay here. No, no, I'm coming with you. No! You don't talk to me like no! that! Damn it! Do it! Do it! You don't talk to me that way! Please! 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 Please!
inside. Come on, let's go inside. Okay, so, you know, in this scene, look, as we were talking about, you know, Eric told him to do this to the game plan that they would they went with, and his wife even reiterates the fact, you know, like look, this is the coach told him to do this, so it's like she's in, like injecting, like <laughs> rational thought into this conversation or whatever you want to call it, but he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Like he he just wants to explode on JD because JD is not listening to what he what he's telling being told. He's not. Staying away from Madison, like he was told to do, um, he's he's essentially in his mind disrespecting me as a father and a parental figure, but not doing what I'm telling him to do. And JD finally has enough, and he kind of just snaps back. And I couldn't believe it when I first watched this episode, it's when rough. like when he like just starts slams JD up against the vehicle and starts punching him and slapping him. I mean, it is hard to watch. What did you yeah, think of this scene? Is, it's heavy. It's very hard to watch. I, my eyes were just wide and my mouth was open watching the scene to watch like a father beat up a child. I mean, that was just, it was so disturbing to watch like him and JD like he doesn't know what to do he's not going to fight him back it's his dad and just trying to guard his eyes and his face cuz like god it's so hard to watch like it is brutal and i really really hope that he like, i'm surprised that the cops weren't immediately called like i would be uh, taking action but yeah, anyways, yeah, he's just laying on JD and Tammy luckily sees some what's happening. Like, they're starting to be a tiff, so they're running out, and Eric pulls him off and gets him separated and is able to just get him to walk away. And thank God for that. And it seems like Eric is always the diffuser between these crazy situations. But my God, thank God he was there, because... That the wife sure isn't going to be able to get him off. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is hard. And I'm, I'm glad they were there. Um, which leads to uh, the next scene, which is at the uh, at their home at Eric and Tammy's house. Um, they are, are kind of separated because Eric is outside talking to JD. Inside, Tammy is talking to his mom. His mom, like, it, she's crying, like, the mascara is running down her face. She's just, like, over and over, she's saying, he hit him. I can't believe he hit my boy. And, like, what am I going to do? I, 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 you know, I, I don't know what to do, but I, we can't go back there. It's just, it's, it's tough. And then JD is kind of, you know, re reiterating the same thing outside. She's like, I, I can't go back there. I don't want to go back. I never, you know, nothing I ever do is good enough. Um, you know, did, did I do something wrong? Is it my fault? And, and Eric's like, no, 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 look, and he, <laughs> nobody should do this at all, whether it be your father or anybody like this should not happen to you. And yeah. it, he's totally it in the wrong. No it is not fault. your fault. It's not JD's fault. It is his father's fault. It, it's hundred percent. Wow. It, it's hard. Yeah. And I really love this scene because it echoes back to um, when Matt's father was back in town for like three episodes 
but he has like explosion uh, with his dad and just kind of has it out and ends up just like the same out there talking to Eric in kind of the same position, just sitting in chairs across from each other. And I like that that like it's certainly very different storylines, but I like that they take the time to actually echo that it actually is kind of a parallel. And so yeah, great writing at that expense. And uh, yeah, I like also seeing uh, Mrs. McCoy have the ugly crying <laughs> where, you know, it's not pretty, pro- pretty crying. It's like there's tears and mascara going down your face and it adds a whole other level of like authenticness and uh, distraught and realism that I love that they went with that. <laughs> Cause this woman, she's always perfect and pretty and well put together to, to see another level of dishevelment is also just unnerving to see on her because she's always so perfect. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's nice to see that kind of just raw emotion and, like you said, not pretty crying. You know, given the situation that we're seeing play out, like it would be disingenuous to have her be all like pretty and makeup and everything and perfect and just like a single tear goes down her cheek or something like that would have been like that's on a really bad like cheap cheaply made badly written uh badly acted teen show on some ridiculous network you know exactly Uh, this is this is raw this is real if we're gonna if we're gonna confront this on this show if we're gonna show this happening you know, by God, we're going to show the aftermath like it would look, you know, like this is, this is the raw nerve that these two yeah. mother and son have had to deal with for a long time. And it finally boiled over. Yeah. It's come to full fruition. And I was a little surprised that they, like I said, they didn't call the cops, especially here when everything's kind of like they're safe and in a good spot. Um, because whether or not she decides to press charges, you better, uh, but and take him for everything he's worth, there should, needs to be like legal documentation that this happened. Like, if you don't want him taking it a step further and ruining their lives by saying, turning it around, you know, like they're a drain on me and blah blah blah, and this never happened, because he's got hands in deep pockets like he can make stuff disappear so i think it would be smart if you had the cops there and have some documentation that this occurred uh do you think that's going to happen in this in this show or do you think they're going to just kind of gloss it over because they only got two episodes to go i really hope that like i don't think they're going to gloss it over in any ways but i'm not sure if cops are going to get involved or if there's going to just get a divorce not sure what what path they're gonna go down or if it's gonna be some big showdown between them, but man, I would just be fire breathing dragon all over. <laughs> like I am coming after you for any every penny you have, and I won't be satisfied until you're penniless <laughs> out on the streets. Yeah, I guess I I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah. So that pretty much wraps up the episode right there. Um, I do want to talk about one scene um, okay. between Tyra and her mother. Oh, yes, yes. I forgot to talk about that. Um, yes, yeah. Um, talk about that scene. What happens in this scene? Because you're right. It is very, 
like the the Tim and Lila scene at the end of the episode, this one kind of had the same effect on me. Yeah, I was really surprised because you know, her mother has always just kind of been like a girlfriend to her, not actually a mother figure. So to see them actually have a mother-daughter moment was really wonderful. Um, but yeah, Tyra, she's looking at Mindy and Billy and they are happy. You know, they're fooling around and laughing, having a good time. And she's looking at them and she's wondering why she doesn't want that and why she can't be happy with that. And, and what she says to her just, I mean, it was so beautiful. Like she says, like, uh, you know, God love Mindy. She's such a good girl, but she's never, ever surprised me. Not once in my life. I've always known who she is, but that Tyra has always, since the day she was born, been a surprise. And I love that, like that conversation they have. And it's so great, you know, for Tyra to hear that, her mom thinks she's special too and that you know she's meant to do good things and to have her supporting her that's huge for Tyra cuz you know Landry loves her to pieces and he's always going to support her but her mom's head isn't always in the supporting role it's kind of in like hey let's go ditch school and go to the mall kind of headset not actually like i want you to have a future kind of headset <laughs> so this was a pretty amazing scene to have well, let me ask you a question about this scene since you, you were so kind to bring it up because I completely forgot about <laughs> it. Um, what do you think led to this? I don't want to say transformation, but kind of like, what do you think led to this moment? Uh, because we really haven't seen her mother in a while. And so we don't, we haven't had the benefit of seeing any other like, conversations and certainly nothing deep between these two. Um, and we know there's been a lot of tension between like uh, daughter and, and mother uh, because of her aspirations in the past has been kind of a bit of a thorn like, oh, you're too good for us. You need to go to college kind of thing. So what do you think led to this? I mean, do you feel like they maybe should have had a couple of scenes which maybe would have pointed to something like this eventually happening? But I mean, I mean answer that second. Uh, I guess first answer what do you think led to this and why? Well, I'm sure they could have used a few scenes, but I think it's probably directly correlated to, I'm sure she knows everything that happened with her and Cash and that that ended so poorly. And that was a guy she pushed Tyra towards and wanted her to be with. And so that was a catch. And I'm sure what's happened between her, between Tyra and Cash is kind of opened her eyes to that. You know, she doesn't always like, she shouldn't want the same for her daughter that she goes after for herself because she hasn't had the best life. And so she should want Tyra to continue on what she's doing and wanting more than the life she's had. And I think that whole situation that went down with Tyra and Cash has kind of opened her eyes to that, and to wanting better for her daughter. I can buy that. I can buy that. Um, it makes sense. The way, the way you put it that way, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think that, okay, I think that is officially it, right? I don't think there's anything else in this episode that I can recall. Um, I don't think so. I think we, we need to talk about everything else. No. Everything important. I know, I know the one thing we didn't say is like Matt 
meets up with his mom after the game and they kind of shared like a little bit of like, I'm I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here. We'll we'll deal with it together. We'll take care of it. Nice Um, moment, yeah. So there's that, uh, a nice little scene between them there that kind of wraps the the tension-filled scenes uh, earlier in the episode. But that's it. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, So Sarah, why don't we get to our our final thoughts and grades for this episode? So why don't you take it away? All right. So for this episode, I mean, the acting was incredible. There's some Emmy-worthy acting in this episode. Uh, I like that we're continuing on, like, with Grandma Saracen. It's not like she's in a just a constant state of where her uh, her dementia is. It, it, they're being very realistic about it and that it is progressing. Uh, it's hard to watch, but, you know, it's good that it's happening because you know, Matt needs to also continue on in his story eventually and go to college. And so it makes sense that this is happening at the same time he's about ready to graduate. Um, yeah, I like that his mom is still sticking around. She's great. Um, the stuff with the McCoy is heavy and great. Like, fantastic acting all around. I mean, I literally hate this guy's guts. <laughs> and whether he's acting or not, I don't think I'll ever forgive him for this. So that's pretty great acting. That's like Joffrey-level hatred acting. Uh, so great on his part. And you know, Eric and Tammy, they're always fantastic. Um, and Landry and Tyra, I like that we're back at this really great state of friendship. And that's also kind of something more than friendship. Uh, so yeah, I think that's really great. Um, this episode, it gets an A plus for me. I think this is, I think I gave an A plus for the last episode as well. So two in a row. Yeah, for sure. A plus. That's high praise. And you're right. That's, that's two in a row. Uh, Pretty fantastic there. Um, good means we're in like a really good, I think, stretch of episodes here, and hopefully that continues as we get to the end of the season. We've got two episodes left. Now, as for me in this episode, um, I heartily agree with everything that you said. <laughs> I think that the relationship between Tyra and Landry, yeah, it would have been great to kind of see a little bit of that like residual uh, resentment and and stuff that we had experienced in the last episode kind of carry over a little bit uh maybe just show them being a little nicer to each other as in like overly nice um which happens you know a lot when you like get into a fight with somebody and then you kind of like are too nice to each other for a few days or a few weeks depending on the the severity of the argument yeah (laughs) Um, So that kind of would have been nice, you know, um, just to kind of show that uh, there's a little little bit of that tension still exists. But um, a minor complaint, nothing that big. Uh, This episode was great because there were a ton of conversations. There was like eight or nine conversations, kind of like heartfelt conversations between these characters, um, whether it be Tyra and her mom or or Tim and Lila. um, Tammy and, and and JD's mom, JD and Eric. I mean, on and on. It was just there. Almost like the episode was probably sixty to seventy percent of just people sitting and having a conversation with each other. You know, so yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's not a criticism. That it's just something that I think was probably necessary because we only have two episodes left, which means I think some things needed to be dealt with, aired out, 
grievances needed to be uh, aired out and, and discussions and everything just was an essential part of where we're at in this part of the season and with these characters. So I think it was well-written, phenomenally acted. Uh, I thought the pacing was really well done. Um, because of all those conversations, it had a, a kind of a deliberate pace to it. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. I just think it was well paced throughout. So I'm going to give this uh, an A+. It, it's a real standout episode of the show. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good rating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, Sarah, uh, how can they get a hold of us if they want to tell us that we're doing a bad job? <laughs> yeah. Send all your negative feedback to Michael Lanik at... <laughs> Uh, you can send all positive and nice things to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. Voicemails, emails, what have you. Uh, any kind of feedback, we're totally open for that. Um, also, we're out on Twitter at freakgeeksmedia and um, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash freakinggeeks, where we have all kinds of different subscriber levels and content and all kinds of goodies. And if you would like to hop on iTunes, give us a rating and review. That's deeply appreciated. Gets us noticed and more eyes on us. So that's always nice. Uh, definitely. Definitely. We, do, we, we like uh, reviews. We like positive feedback. We like <laughs> any feedback. <laughs> so uh, all that's great. But certainly, you know, if you have an opinion on the show or maybe you felt we got something wrong and this last episode, the tonight's episode or any episode in the past, really um, feel free to write in and uh, tell us why we're wrong or tell us why we're right. And, you know, if you want to be critical, be critical. If you just want to let us know we're doing a good or bad job, that's fine. Uh, but any feedback is appreciated. So, yes. all right. So we'll end it as we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Night, everyone.